This is Books of Titans, the podcast dedicated to the influences of influencers. The books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectuals, scientists, and others. We'll talk about what makes these books such classics and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about what makes them so important and influential. I opened the picture book I'd purchased for the class so I could take a closer look. Something was written under the image in italics, but I couldn't understand it. It had one of those black hole words right in the middle, devouring the rest. I'd seen the other students ask questions, so I raised my hand. The professor called on me, and I read the sentence aloud. When I came to the word, I paused. I don't know this word, I said. What does it mean? There was a silence. Not a hush, not a muting of the noise, but utter, almost violent silence. No papers shuffled, no pencils scratched. The professor's lips tightened. Thanks for that, he said, then returned to his notes. I scarcely moved for the rest of the lecture. I stared at my shoes, wondering what had happened and why. Whenever I looked up, there was always someone staring at me as if I was a freak. Of course I was a freak, and I knew it, but I didn't understand how they knew it. When the bell rang, Vanessa shoved her notebook into my pack. Then she paused and said, You shouldn't make fun of that. It's not a joke. She walked away before I could reply. I stayed in my seat until everyone had gone, pretending the zipper on my coat was stuck so I could avoid looking anyone in the eye. Then I went straight to the computer lab and looked up the word Holocaust. Hello, this is Eric Rostad coming to you right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Today I'm going to cover Educated by Tara Westover. This is book 45 of 52 for my 2019 reading list. This episode will consist of three segments. The first will be a brief introduction to the book, the author, who suggested the book, and my initial reaction. The second segment will consist of three ideas that stuck out to me and that are tied in with other Books of Titans books, other books that I've read for this project. And the final segment, segment three, is the one thing, my one key takeaway from this book. So on to segment one. The author is Tara Westover. She was born in 1986 in Clifton, Idaho, which has a whopping population of 259 people. She's the youngest of seven children, and her parents were survivalists, uh, and I guess they still are. By that, they meant that they were going to survive on their own. They didn't need help, and they especially didn't need any help from the government, of whom they were very suspicious. So as survivalists, this also mean that, means that they were not involved in school, so they did not go to public school. They were homeschooled, but not very well. Uh, they didn't believe in hospitals or doctors, so... There are some incidents in this book where there's just severe injury. I mean, unimaginable pain and injury, and they do not go to the hospital or doctor. I uh, started off this episode reading a portion of the book that comes from a, a classroom where Tara is in that class, and, and she's finally made it to college, and uh, she doesn't know what the Holocaust is. And that's, that's why I read that first segment. And it, it just kind of shows the, the lack of education that she had and, and the lack of education that she, she came from. Um, so that's part of what this book is about. Educated is a memoir, and so it is, is about Tara's life. It was named the Book of the Year by the American Booksellers Association, and it was one of the New York Times 10 best books of 2018. It made it onto President Barack Obama's favorite books of the year list, as well as Bill Gates'. I was named one of the best books of the year. Check this out. 
by The Washington Post, Oprah Magazine, Time, NPR, Good Morning America, The San Francisco Chronicle, The Guardian, The Economist, The Financial Times, The New York Post, The Skim, Bloomberg, Real Simple, Town and Country, Bustle, Publishers Weekly, The Library Journal, Book Riot, and The New York Public Library. Just a side note, I'm, I'm always a little wary of these types of books, of, of memoirs. Uh, I got burned badly, and maybe you did as well. I read A Million Little Pieces by James Fry. And I don't, I don't know if you remember, he, he went on Oprah and, and admitted the whole thing was was made up. Uh, great liberties taken in his story. And so I, I hate that this is true of of me and what I think. But uh, when I come to a memoir, I, I always have that gate up. Uh, so I, I always kind of take it with a grain, grain of salt. But as, as far as I can tell, and, and from from other interviews and, and stuff, this, this is, this is true. And, and as you, as you can see from, from the list of, of awards and people who, uh, people and, and publications that liked this book, it was, it made, made quite an impact and impact quite the punch. So it was, uh, it came out last year, 2018. And I saw, I saw it all over the place. So in terms of who suggested the book, I can kind of say Bill Gates uh, or or Obama, but I, I saw this book all the time. Anytime I was on social media, people were always talking about this book. So I wanted it to add it to this to this year's reading list, 2019. And I'm also I also try to be careful a, a, about that because a lot of times there's a lot of hype for a particular book, especially when it comes out. And if it's marketed well and the person or company behind the book is is wealthy, they can get it in front of a lot of eyes. They can send it to a lot of people. And it makes it seem like the book is super good, but uh, it's not necessarily the case. So I, I I like to kind of wait a year and just see how the book does, and it, and if people are still talking about it kind of later after it's been released. And for this one, it 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 was it was being talked about all the time. I just I just kept seeing the cover of Educated, uh, and and so that's why I added it to this year's list. I read it between October sixteenth and twentieth. So just finished it uh, a week ago. It's a 329-page book, so that's 82 pages per day of, of reading. That's on the high end for me. That's almost double my my usual or, or where I need to be to get through all my books this year. And uh, so I know that when I'm eat, reading that much, I am completely engaged in the book, and I am sacrificing sleep in order to to get further into the book. It took me eight hours and 28 minutes and 26 seconds to get through the book. And what's really funny, kind of side note here, the last four books I've read have all been in the eight hour and 20 to eight hour and 30 range. So four books in a row are within like 10 minutes of each other complete finishing time, which to me is funny. That's uh, a minute 33 per page. So I share all this so that you kind of have an idea of, of how long it might take you to, to read the book. I read rather slowly. I'm not a speed reader. I don't buy into any of that kind of stuff. So you're looking at eight and a half hours uh, probably to get through this book. You could also get the audio version. But um, if, if you are an average American, you watch four and a half hours of TV. And so you could not do that and get through this book in, in two days. As for my initial reaction to the book, it's an incredible story. So it's, it's about Tara's life growing up in the survivalist family. Uh, it's, it's the mindset of the father who is anti-government, kind of thinks the Illuminati is, has their hand in everything, um, is scared to death of being raided, uh, does not get his children social security cards, uh, upon birth, so or, or birth certificates, uh, or I guess social security numbers, so they they don't really officially exist until they're older and they apply for them 
just on their own so they can get licenses and, and do different things. Um, and so it's that kind of a, a family that she's growing up in. And education is not a primary focus. It's actually not a focus at all. The parents are supposed to be homeschooling schooling her and educating her and her, her six other siblings, but they're not. It's kind of a, a free-for-all. You just, if you find a book, you can try to read it, but you know, it's, it's kind of up to you. So amazing story in, in that sense of, of just the, the trials and, and the insanity of, of growing up in this, this family. Uh, I mentioned before the, the injuries, um, to make money, this family would, would get scrap metal. So maybe old, uh, cars that were no longer used, and then they would pull out the, the, the valuable stuff and, and, and sell that. Uh, but with cars, you know, you still have a, a gas tank in, in those cars. And so you have to puncture it and get the gas out before you, uh, you finally crush the car. And if you don't do that or don't do it, uh, properly, it blows up. And so there's two different instances in, in this book where, uh, these cars blow up and, and, uh, right next to people. And they don't ever go to the hospital. And it's, you're just thinking, oh my gosh, this is, these people are just suffering and they, and they uh, will refuse to go to the, the hospital. So uh, in that sense, just an amazing story, kind of a, a surreal story in a lot of the ways, ways cause it, you know, I, I grew up the same time this, this woman grew up, Tara, uh, she's a little younger than me, but gosh, uh, for, for that to be going on uh, the same time, is just, it's just incredible. The other thing that really stuck out and, and uh, was part of my initial reaction was just the, the human desire to learn. Uh, her, her six other siblings, so the, the, the seven brothers and sisters together, um, three of them went on to get PhDs, and then four of them did not even get through high school. But those three that wanted to get PhDs, they're growing up in a household that, I mean, they're not going to school. They're in a household where they're expected to be working all the time, and yet the, the yearning and the desire to learn, especially with these three Kid, uh, three of the kids that go to get PhDs, it's just unbelievable. Like they will hide from their parents so they don't have to work, but they have to be in the dark because if it's light, the parents will see them. So they're hiding in like getting just a barely a ray of light just so that they can see one part of the book and they can read it. And that thirst for knowledge is just, was, was incredible. And it was really amazing to see. And especially with Tara who, who wrote this book. As for who should read the book, um, if you like reading the books that are topping the charts, this is one of the best for 2018. I, I, I think it's fun to, to, to read some of the, the bestsellers, uh, not necessarily like popular literature of, of, um, the, the, the paperback novel type thing, but, but I like seeing what, uh, what people have been reading and, and suggesting. And so, um, uh, if you, if you're in that same ballpark, you, you would enjoy this one. And then if you like memoirs, uh, this is an excellent, memoir. Uh, some of my favorite books this year have been the memoirs that I've read. Uh, Small Fry was was another one uh, written by Lisa Brennan Jobs, Steve Jobs' daughter. And that had a lot of similarities to to this book as well. But if, if you're into memoirs, this is, this is an incredible memoir. If you're unfamiliar with the Books of Titans project, what I do is I create a yearly reading list of 52 books. So right now it's October 2019. I have already chosen my books to read for 2020. I've got a, a few where, you know, I've got like a bunch that I want to read 
and there's like two spots remaining and I'm trying to trying to choose the two that I want for those final two spots. But by and large, I, I have everything ready to go for, for 2020 and I'll, I'll be releasing that list here soon. But I started this project in 2017 and so I, I have different groups of books for each year. So there's 52 books from 2017, 52 from 2018. And one thing I didn't expect but has been really neat is that I start viewing these books together. I start viewing them as collections. So it's not just books that I've read, but it's like, oh, that was part of the 2018 reading list. And then what also happens is within those reading lists, I start connecting ideas to different books that are part of those reading lists. So that's what I'm going to do in this section right now is I'm going to relate Educated by uh, Tara Westover. I'm going to re- relate this book to three other books that I've read this year for the Books of Titans project, and share some of the ideas that that um, that I thought of while I was reading this book. So the first book I want to highlight is the Nar- narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass. This was one of the most important books I've read all year. It's it's in my top five. It's not a fun b- book to read, like. Uh, it's it's kind of I, I related to watching Schindler's List. Like I don't ever want to watch that movie again in my life, but I'm glad I watched it once because it is important. It's not fun, but it is important. And Frederick Douglass was a slave, and so the the what you read in that book is just horrendous, but there, but it's important. And there are some similarities in how Tara kind of. Uh, saw a way out of her family and how Frederick Douglass saw a way out of slavery. And so I want to read from um, page 44 here in, in the hardback. And this is, uh, this is from Tara's book, and then, I'll, and then I'll get into how it relates to, uh, to Frederick Douglass. So he, uh, this is uh, Tara speaking of her brother, Tyler. He slipped the disc into the black box, then sat at his desk to read. I squatted on the floor by his feet, scratching designs into the carpet. The music began, a breath of strings, then a whisper of voices, chanting soft as silk, but somehow piercing. The hymn was familiar to me. We'd sung it at church, a chorus of mismatched voices raised in worship, but this was different. It was worshipful, but it was also something else, something to do with study, discipline, and collaboration, something I didn't yet understand. The song ended and I sat, paralyzed, as the next played and the next until the CD finished. The room felt lifeless without the music. I asked Tyler if we could listen to it again, and an hour later, when the music stopped, I begged him to restart it. End quote. So this is, uh, we, we find out later that, uh, that Tyler has a CD of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And so this family is Mormon, and uh, Tara, at the very beginning of the book, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. She's in the author note. She said, this story is not about Mormonism, neither is it about any other form of a religious belief. In it, there are many types of people, some believers, some not, some kind, some not. The author disputes any correlation, positive or negative, between the two. Uh, so the family is a survivalist family, uh, just cra- like crazy, the ramifications for, for that. Uh, but she she says it's not related to their being Mormon. Uh, but they were Mormon, so they would allow Mormon music, and then uh, they could have the Mormon scriptures in 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 their house. And so she was able to listen to this music because it was the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. But it transported her when she heard it. And later in the book, she relates this was the moment that 
she understood that there was something else out there. Nothing else in her existence. She was kind of trapped at her house. She always had to be working. No school. Couldn't really be reading because she always had to be working and parents weren't educating her. This was, this took her to a different plane. This took her to a different level. And it made me think of the Frederick Douglass book because Douglass talks about uh, being being sold to, to a family and the wife of that family started teaching him to read. And when the husband found out he was livid, he put an end to that. But just that, that glimpse of, of reading set Douglas on a path that led to his freedom. He also says that by the, by the reaction of the, of the husband to him being taught to read, it was so angry. He knew that reading was important. He knew that that was going to be a ticket out of where he was right then. And it did end up, uh, end in, in, in his, uh, escaping slavery, uh, getting to the North of the United States and, and getting out of slavery and then, and then, uh, seeking to, to get slavery abolished for, for the rest of his life. So it, it was neat to see that connection between these two, these two people, how something like either a, a book or music could transport them out of this horrendous situation. Uh, Further, um, in 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 relation to not being educated and in, in not knowing uh, things, Tara, Tara writes later about reading Les Miserables, and I highlight this one. I I did, I've not read this book as part of the project. I, I did read it before I started Books of Titans in uh, 2016. It's one of my favorite books ever. But uh, this was really interesting. She talks about reading this book. And, and I'll, I'll start the quote here. I noticed, though, that when he came home for Christmas, again, she's talking about her brother, Tyler, when he came home for Christmas, that he was reading a book called Les Miserables. And I decided that it must be the kind of book a college student reads. I bought my own copy, hoping it would teach me about history or literature, but it didn't. It couldn't. Because I was unable to distinguish between the fictional story and the factual backdrop. Napoleon felt no more real to me than Jean Valjean, and I had never heard of either. This kind of ties in again with that uh, beginning the a quote I read, where she didn't know what the Holocaust was by the time she was in college, and, and when she asks what it is, everyone just looks at her in, in horror. She reads a book like Les Mis and, and cannot distinguish between the fictional story of Jean Valjean and the factual backdrop of, of Napoleon. She'd never heard of Napoleon, so Napoleon to her was the same as Jean Valjean, and just to, just. Interesting. I mean, you kind of taking a step back and, and thinking uh, all all the things that lead up to what you know now. They, they all build on each other. And if you don't have that that initial foundation, uh, she had to work really hard to to get that back. The second book this this one made me think of was Skin in the Game by Talib. This was book uh, thirty six for me this year. I read it in August, and there there's a section. It's chapter seventeen where Talib asks the question: Is the Pope atheist? And he goes, he goes through uh, Pope John Paul II in, in 1981, he was shot. And the Pope was not taken to the nearest church to be prayed over. Uh, the Pope didn't necessarily get down on his knees and, and start praying or, or start asking people to pray for him. No, they, they went immediately to the hospital to, to get him taken care of. And so 
uh, Talib says, but it remains that nobody in the Vatican seems to ever take chances by going first to the Lord, subsequently to the doctor. And what is even more surprising, nobody seems to see a conflict with such inversion of the logical sequence. In fact, the opposite course of action would have been considered madness. And it was just funny, the, the, the question being, being raised. Uh, and the reason it made me think of this book is that when something horrendous happened to this family, they did not go to the doctor. Her, her family was actually consistent in that uh, even, even with the, the father would never let the kids go to the hospital, no matter what the, the injury. I mean, I'm talking like legs pretty much getting burned off and you just got healed at home with natural remedies and that sort of thing. And her father eventually had a horrible accident and, and he did the same thing. Like he didn't allow himself to go to the hospital either. He, he healed at home. There's another section where Tara says this. I'd always known that my father believed in a different God. As a child, I'd been aware that although my family attended the same church as everyone in our town, our religion was not the same. They believed in modesty. We practiced it. They believed in God's power to heal. We left our injuries in God's hands. They believed in preparing for the second coming. We were actually prepared. End quote. And interesting the the family was was consistent and it led to just like really bad decisions for for the kids uh but it was interesting to contrast that with skin in the game and him talking about uh belief belief first action and and that's a big part of skin in the game is having skin in the game uh, especially with faith. There, there's a lot of sections in that book. And here in, in Educated, you kind of see the negative side of that. Uh, but it, 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 made me, it made me think of, of that. It also made me think, this is outside of skin in the game here, but, but with these injuries and, and the family having to deal with them and do natural remedies and that sort of thing, it just made me think how, how fortunate we are to be in an age where we do have hospitals all over the place and as uh, 21 rules uh, for light, uh, 21 lessons for the 21st century by Harari, he mentions that pretty much any hospital you go to in the whole world, they they believe in the same things. Uh, they they're going to treat wounds a, a similar way, and uh, there's kind of a general set of, of things you do for for particular things, and that that has not been true throughout history. But you look at this family, and this is in the 80s and the 90s, and being burned and then just dealing with that at home and, and knowing that the hospital could take care of it so much, so much better. Uh, but makes you realize that that's how people live throughout history. Like they just had to pretty much take care of themselves. Yeah. Some societies would have, uh, have hospitals and good hospitals. Uh, I just read in Xanadu and they're talking about the Middle East and, and a lot of different high, high tech hospitals for, for the time you know, many years ago, but, uh, in general, like, you know, if you, if you're in a small little society, you, you, you're in a war, you're in a battle, like you're just taking care of all that stuff yourself. You're not, you're not in a hospital. Final book that this made me think of was, uh, was Don Quixote and, and Tara did just an excellent job throughout the book of, of tying in different, different things and, and tying in different, uh, books. And so, this here, I'm going to read this section here. This is from page 300 in Educated. My father and I looked at the temple. He saw God. I saw granite. We looked at each other. 
He saw a woman damned. I saw an unhinged old man, literally disfigured by his beliefs. And yet, triumphant, I remember the words of Sancho Panza. An adventuring knight is someone who's beaten and then finds himself emperor. When I reflect on that moment now, the image blurs, reconstituting itself into that, that of a zealous knight astride a steed charging into an imaginary battle, striking at shadows, hacking into thin air. His jaw is set, his back straight, his eyes blaze with conviction, throwing sparks that burn where they lay. My mother gives me a pale, disbelieving look, but when he turns his gaze on her, they, became, they become of one mind. They are both tilting at windmills. End quote. And this is, the, this is just a total reference to, uh, to Don Quixote. She, did, she doesn't mention, mention uh, Don Quixote, but Sancho Pan... Panza is is uh, is uh, uh, Don Quixote's scribe, and um, and then tilting at the windmills. Uh, one of the first things Don Quixote does in in that book is he he's he's the knight. He's the knight errant. He's he's going to go attack, and he sees windmills, and he he thinks they're giants. So he goes and hacks at these windmills. And Sancho's sitting there saying, "No, no, no, those are not windmills. Those are uh, those are, those are not uh, giants. Those are windmills. What are you doing? Stop! You're crazy." Um, and so it just interesting to see her relate that. And, and I, I would have had, I would have just blown through that part right there had I not read Don Quixote this year in, in my reading list. So just, it's, it's kind of fun when, when that kind of stuff happens where, where you see that in books and something that would have just blown right past you. Uh, for instance, Jason and I uh, talked about skin in the game for, uh, for that ep- podcast episode. And I, I, I shared a, a paragraph with him that I thought was really funny. And he said, you know what that relates to, right? I said, no, I just, I just thought the paragraph was so funny. And he told me this whole backstory that I had no idea about. And, and obviously it enhanced the, uh, the story there, but, um, just the more you read, the more, uh, you come into literature and, and you see it written about, uh, the, the more it enhances what, what you're reading. And, Tara did just an excellent job of, of, of tying in things like that in, in, this, in this book. Now on to segment three, and the one thing, my one key takeaway from this book. So sometimes when I'm reading uh, maybe more productivity type books, there's an obvious takeaway. Uh, there's something I can implement right away, and that helps me remember the book, but then it also, you know, I'm making changes in my life uh, based on what I've read. So with this book, it's not necessarily that. Like, a, there's not a takeaway that I, I've, I'm going to implement in my life to uh, to to make a change. But it, this one is more of a question that I've had in my in my head uh, from from this one. She, and she asked the question, and, and so here it is: What does a person do when their obligations to their family conflict with other obligations to friends, society, to themselves? And that's obviously this story for for Tara, her family. Uh, the obligation she had to her family, it was always this conflict because she wanted to go one way and she kept feeling the pull uh, of coming back. Later on in the book, she asks, did I change too much? Uh, She became estranged from family members the further along she got in her education. Uh, Another thing she talks about is, is the power that she gave she says, she, you, giving the people you love so much power over you. And so her father just had a tremendous pull on her. Her brother, uh, one of her brothers especially, had a tremendous pull on, on taking her back to places where she did not need to go. And so that, that's my key takeaway. It is something I've been thinking about since this book. What, is, what does a person do when their obligations to their family conflict with other obligations to friends, society, and to themselves? It's an interesting 
interesting question to ponder. So to recap, this was an amazing book. Tara, Tara wrote in a way that tied physical manifestations of what was occurring in her mind and emotions. So, for example, uh, her brother the, um, is in this horrendous motorcycle accident, and she is the first person from the family to come across this accident. And her brother's just laying on the on the on the road. Uh, he's been thrown from his motorcycle. And there's just this pile of blood where, where her brother is. And she flips him over and there's like an actual hole in, in his head to where she, she says she can see his brains. She calls her father and her father says, bring him home. And so she, here's that tug I was talking about. She, she starts driving towards home and then she does a U-turn. So he's in the, her brother's in the back seat. She does a U-turn and goes to the hospital, which was not allowed in, in that family. And so there's a physical manifestation there. She does a U-turn in the car, but it is, it is a mental and it is, it is an emotional and it is a, an allegiance issue. She's actually doing a U-turn to her family, to, her, to what her father wants. She's doing a U-turn, going a different way, doing something not expected from her family takes him to the hospital. He lives, he, he makes it through this, this accident. Um, who knows if he would have with the natural remedies, but, um, there are a lot of those types of examples in this book where there's a, a, something physical that happens. She'll tell, tell a story of, of the local history and then, uh, of the Apache Indi- Indians in this area of Idaho, and then how that relates to what she's going through right now. And it's not an explicit, here's, here's what they went through. Here's what I went through, but you, you can make those connections. And so that adds a ton to this book. And, and I think it's why a lot of people like it so much. Um, is it, is it a happy book? No. Is it sad? Well, you know, there, there's, there's both hope and, and pain in this book. She freed her mind and yet she lost her family. So the book as a whole, there's a lot of minutia of the everyday life, but it's tied into this overarching story with a conflicted ending. I recommend reading it. It, it was a great memoir. It's one of, one of my favorite mem- memoirs I've, I've, I've read. It's one of those where, kind of like with Small Fry, at the end of each chapter, you're just kind of like, I cannot believe another human went through this. But, uh, but she did. She made it through, and uh, she got a PhD from Cambridge in England. Uh, for, for a lot of the books, she didn't know that England was, she, she thought uh, Europe was a country. And here she gets a PhD from, ends up getting a PhD from England. So just an amazing transformation in, in this woman's life. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at eric at booksoftitans.com. That's eric with a K, so E-R-I-K at booksoftitans.com. Let me know what you thought of this episode or or any of the other ones. Or if you've read this book and just want someone to talk to about the the book, that's one of the reasons I started this project is uh, I I read by myself, obviously. Uh, It's kind of an individual pursuit. And a lot of my friends do uh, do not read the same books. And so I I was trying to kind of expand out of that and and meet other people reading the same books. You can follow Books of Titans on Instagram and Twitter. And also the website is stock full of resources to help you find books and create a reading list. I'll be back next week. Until then, keep reading, keep learning, and keep listening. I'm out.